You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Shuvah Sapoiskim, Hasidish Apsak. This is a uh, slightly edited recording of a shir that was given that is very relevant to Hasidish Apsak because the Rav Hasidish Apoiskim uh, that uh, our Magid Shir, our presenter, uh, Manas Blumenfrocht, uh, has spoken with, have been very adamant that all of Stam, besides the fact that it's Kenegat Takonas Chazal, is also Bismanazir, a very big Shash Taifus. And perhaps it's not all Siddish Apoyskim, but definitely some, that, especially the ones that Ravmanis has been speaking about. So Ravmanis is going to explore this issue about what could be the problems with Cholopstam and in milk in general. Um, I have to say that uh, unlike many of the other recordings that we have on our platform, this one is not so well edited. Um, and um, there is going to be some noise. There's going to be some typical Zoom stuff going on, some typical uh, people who didn't shut their microphones. Uh, and uh, I apologize for that. Uh, it is a little bit longer than our usual, but I think uh, if somebody is going to take the time to listen to it, I think they're going to get a tremendous amount of pleasure, understanding, uh, and they're going to um, be able to benefit from a, a, a brand new light in Klau Yusro, uh, a young Tamil Chochum who uh, not only has an issue, uh, but is also a person who is able to be mavarit, alpi umka didina, with their herits, with Avas So I uh, encourage you uh, to listen through to the end. Take care. We have with us uh, Rav Manis Blumenfrucht, who is a Talmud Vosik of Beis Medrash Gavoya, Lakewood, Shivas Brisk, Yerushalayim. Um, he is the uh, one of the Meyastim of a yeshiva that maybe in, in history is going to be uh, reckoned with, just like Rav Yosha Bear's Kailul in Boston that was there for a number of years. People will talk in time further ahead of the great yeshiva of Rav Yeshivas G'day of Memphis with Rav Nota Greenblatt being able to be Yonik from the the Moyach, the Lev, the Regesh, the Seichel Ayosher of Rav Nota. I know for Rav Nota Greenblatt himself, there's a Gesund sign uh, that this Yeshiva that was uh, built around him uh, was a tremendous Hano, an Oinig Mamish as a Memphis person that everybody knows I was raised in Memphis and uh, grew up in Rav Nota's house. Not only as a, a Talmud Chochem to the Mesifta of Talmud Chachamim, but also as a Ben of someone who's raised in such a way. Ranis uh, was, was willing to, uh, at, again, at almost the last minute, uh, to pr- present for us. Uh, it's always exciting, as I said, to have a machaber, someone who's worked on an Indian till he's able to, to, to build a safer out of it. And this, of course, was a shaila that 25 years ago, uh, the Velt was, it was Marish Lomas about this discovery. And, um, uh, it, it's something with Amanis, the mic is yours. We're very eager to hear what you've discovered and how you can enlighten us. Okay. Thank you for having me. Um, so the Shaiwa is about, it's a question that um, came up, as you mentioned, um, th- about 30 years ago, 
Um, it's a cashless ca question that really is relevant mainly to Americans and um, for people that rely on Rav Moshe. So I just want to give a little background to the Shiloh, to the history before we talk about the actual Shiloh. just think it's important to put things in perspective so people should know what we're talking about and how recent it is and all that. So just to start, there's something people know colloquially as Chalv Stam. Um, Chalv Stam is milk that is not uh, that does not have a Jew watching the milking. Um, the Hawach and Shulchan Aruch is that Chalv Shachavu Akam, milk that was milked by a non-Jew and a Jew was not watching it, is Asr. It's Chalv Akam. So in America. Rav Moshe Feinstein wrote a tshuva in the 1950s that since there's government supervision and there would be penalties if somebody would change adulterated milk for to camel's milk or to chazer milk and the such. So Rav Moshe wrote that um, it's as though a Jew is watching the milk and it is chal v'israel. That's what Rav Moshe said. And he says that many Talmidei Chachamim and Rabbanim and Bnei Taira were drinking milk. And he said, chas v'shom, to say that they are not doing Kadina. Ramesha says that's the Kadina. He does say, bal nafesh yachmer, which I'm not going to get into. And again, I'm not getting into if somebody should rely on Ramesha's um, heter. That's up to their rav and their Masaira. I just want to talk about just what we're talking about. So Ramesha wrote that. Um, as an aside, Rav, the Chazanish also was matter based on similar reasons. The Rav Henkin quotes the Chazanish. And Rav Henkin wrote in 1951, I just saw this last week, that only a miut katan, a small minority, not a minority, a small minority of people in a, where he was were Makban Chalvi This is not 1920s America, this is 1951. This is, uh, I mean, it's not 2020, but still in 1951, when there were already people that had Chalvi there were still, he said it was a miut katan, a very small minority that were Makban Chalvi Now, today we know that that has changed. Many people are Makban Chalvi but just that's what we're that's what we're talking about, Chal of Stam. And I just want to say what it is. Again, O U D, Chav K D, O K D, things that don't have a, a Jew on the farm, which of Moshe and others say is Chal Vistral, and some people don't drink it, some people do drink it. But the question is pertaining to that milk. Now, um, so thirty years ago, um, thirty years ago there there was a there were Chal Vistral farms that um, were made aware that um, there were mashkicham and chav Yisrael farms that were made aware that, uh, that that a lot of cows were operated on. They saw that there were cows that were bandaged up. They saw scars. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Pl please mute, that... Rabbi Isai. Rabbi Isai, please mute for the recording. Thank you. Yeah, there were... There were mashkicham on farms, and they saw that a lot of cows had operations done to them. And it raised a big tumult. This was in the 90s, 1994. Um, and they they discussed the question because on the farms that they were, what were producing milk, I don't know if it was Ha'olam or whatever, there was big questions of cheeses that was a Shiloh. Because again, let's go into the extra Shiloh. The Shiloh is a cow that undergoes surgery or let's go a cow that has certain body parts that are perforated or, or cut or broken becomes a trefa. Trefa is in next week's parasha, parasha's mishpat, and the pasuk says, "Basar basad the trefa weisachelu, a cow of tashrichu noisay." If if um, if the animal becomes a trefa, you're now to eat its eat its meat or drink its milk, even if it has a proper shechita for the meat and its milk. You can't drink when it's alive. 
And the halacha is that many different animals, many different makas, there we have a kabbalah halacha mashmisina, there are yudchas trefus, um, there are 18 different trefus that make an animal, which the Rambam counted as 70. So let's go with the Rambam's number. The Rambam says there are 70 different makas, different wounds to animals that make an animal non-kosher. So that, that um, whenever an animal sustains one of those wounds, it becomes also to eat even after shechita, and its milk cannot be drunk. So the question was that these mashkichim on the Chal of Yisrael farms saw that the animals, that the, some, a lot of the cows, a nice percentage, I should say, of the cows had surgery done to them, which um, rendered them either trephus or suffolk trephus. So the issues, the the surgeries were were um, the surgeries were um, being done to the animals, to the cows, to correct their stomachs. And I just want to discuss what the shaya was about before we um, discuss. You know, I, I let's just I'll tell you just the history. Basically, the Chalvisol farms were aware of this shaya. They were made aware. They the rabbanim wrote chuvas on the shaya, and they. Um, they decided that they're going to institute cow removal. Chalvishal claims that they have, they're on top of their game here and that they remove the cows. And even though at the time the Rabbanim who were dealing with the Shaiwa tried to advance Haterim for the milk and the cheese that was already produced, this is in 1994, going forward, Chalvishal says that an advantage of their milk is that they remove the cows. The issue remains for Chalvistan because again, Rav Moshe said a Jew does not need to be on the farm. Cows that have their that are operated on for this issue, which I will discuss in a minute, could stay in the herd. Their milk is 100% regular legal milk to be sold in the stores because they, they're cows and they're, they heal. As long as there's no antibiotics, there's no problem of the milk um, going into the milk tank and being sent to the stores, to the shelves, and to your house. So the question is, why are we not why or maybe we should be machmer that people should not um, people should not drink chalstam even for those who are alive than Rav Moshe and Rav Henkin and Rav Hazanish and I saw Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky also held me Iker and didn't like Rav Moshe and Rav Yashu Bersolvechik of Boston and uh, Rav Gustman all those who say chalstam was okay but there's a new problem Rav Moshe was already not alive, six years, when the sh- almost eight years, 1994, eight years after Rav Moshe was nifter, that's when the issue was discovered. So who says Rav Moshe ever said that you could drink Chal Stam when there's a trefa issue? So it's a second issue. Again, we're talking about people who eat Chal Stam if they have to be concerned with a second issue of trefas. So the Rabbanim at the time, many Rabbanim wrote, Rabbi J.D. Boich, Rabbi Nasha Koin, um, Rav Chat, um, the some Rabbanim in Bar Park, um, Rav Chaim Kohn, that wrote that Mok Chalvstam should be Asr, even for those who are wider of Moshe, because of this new issue. So that's what I want to discuss, and that's what um, that's what I want to discuss here today. So let's go back to what we're talking about. The, the Mashkichim saw cows they were operating on. They were operating on to correct their abomasum. So a ruminant, a cow, you know, we're talking about um, kosher animals, have four stomachs. The stomachs are the keras. The the keres the 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 besakoisus the hemsis and the keva. So we're going to talk about the fourth stomach, the keva. Um, so the keva 
was the issue at hand with the 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 yes so over here i don't know if everybody can see on the screen there's a picture of the keva the keva is that number two number two is the fourth stomach and that it lies on the right side of a cow that's the normal healthy cow it lies on the right side of the cow towards the bottom the fourth stomach it's called the abomasum in english the keva in the mishnah and trephus the mishnah says if the keva gets a hole it's a trefa. So, so that was the issue here because we are talking about a disease called left displaced abomasum. Cows sometimes have a disease that with the, the abomasum fills with ear and gas and it displaces to the left side of the cow. Right? You see it's on the right side here in the picture on number two, but it could displace with gas. So the shiwa was a twofold shiwa. If you see in the picture, Number three, there's a cut in the wall of the animal. That is a question of another trephus. Shmuel says, and some learn it in the Mishnah, basar keras. the bus that covers the keras is a trephus when it gets cut. So when they cut the flank, they cut open the side of the animal. Like people get surgery, they cut open the stomach. And then they go inside the abdomen of the cow and they move the abomasum back. So number three was one Trephus that the Chacham, that the Rabbanim dealt with, and number two was the second one. Again, number three is the Basar Achayfes or Vakeras, the flank, and number two is the Keva, the Abomasum. So, the normal method that is done, the two most common methods of surgery were right flank omentopexy. I'm not going to spend time on explaining the, the words here, but right flank omentopexy and left and the toggle method we'll deal with today. The toggle method is the second picture here. Um, this way, the, basically, the cow has its abomasum displaced, and it needs to be moved back. So with this method here that we see on the screen, 10 by this picture, um, it, it says it's, there's, um, the, it's called toggle pins and a cannula. What they basically do here is um, they... They move in, they take that, they take a needle, they take a needle and they wrap it in like a straw. It's called a trocar and a cannula. Doctors would know what this is, the trocar and a cannula. It's like this. They stab it into the into the cow's stomach. Now they have this inside. They remove the needle and now they have a tube going in and they can put stuff in. So what they're doing is they put in that toggle right there that, that looks like a string with a toggle on the top. And then they the strings outside the animal, and then they tie it to the to the belly of the cow. So those are the two common methods that the place can dealt with. There are others, um, but that was the two main methods. And there's a big shiwa of cutting the the keras, the 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 of the keras. And there's another question of the the keva, if getting having a hole in the keva. So when the shiwa came up, um, when the shiwa came up. Um, so the Rabbanim at the time that dealt with it were very big Rabbanim some of them are not around anymore some of them but uh, they were very, the, the prominent Rabbanim dealt with the Shaiwa it was an extremely big Shaiwa it was very relevant because again it was even relevant to Chalvi Yisrael somebody told me a Rav told me from Flatbush that Ha'olam had hundreds of thousands of dollars of cheese that was at stake and some Rabbanim took that into account again I have some Maruba I have some Maruba and um, because of the Hafsa Maruba, they they um, 
were mat there based on different considerations because of the amount of cheese. So the main approach that Rabbanim to- took on the Shaiwa was they said, let's look and analyze the surgeries. Again, the surgeries are going in the abomasum of the cow and on the walls. Let's deal with the abomasum. Let's see if the Paiskim, what the Paiskim say about it. So some Rabbanim took stringent um, stances on this. And they were only matter very bidiavid, very local and whatever. They were not matter going forward. Um, the main oystrum, I would say, the machmirim on the surgeries that wrote chuvas. Rav Chaim Kohn wrote a chuva, and um, um, Rabbi Black's article. He takes a string, I would say, a stringent stance on the surgeries. And then you had on the other, on the flip side of the coin, you had Rabbi Solbelsky's of Rachel, who wrote a very long chuva, two very long chuvas. And it's in the Sefer Shulchan Awevi, where he tried to show that the surgeries don't make the cows treif. And there's no Shiloh. Again, if we can nip the Shiloh in the butt and say the cows aren't treif, then there's no problem with treif. It's because the surgeries don't make them treif. Surgeries only make a treif if it touches the Yudchas treifus of Chazal. And Rabbi Belsky wrote that it's not an issue for that. Uh, Rav Moshe Heinemann also wrote, uh, tshuva, a much shorter tshuva, but he also dealt with actually permitting it based on the surgery aspect of the shaywa. And then there was also, um, there's an article from Rabbi Ganek, which he really is just quoting Rabbi Belsky's tshuva, Be'ikr, but um, he, he says also, Rabbi Ganek says that um, the surgeries, the surgeries are, shouldn't make a problem. He's he's calling Rabbi Rabbi Belsky. He wrote over there that he wrote it in conjunction with Rabbi Shalbelsky, but those are what I would say there are a lot of other chuvas on the issue, but those are the main chuvas. So so this was the Shaiwa. That was the question. Are the surgeries a problem? So the OU, um, Rabbi Ganek wrote this article for the OU and Rabbi Belsky wrote the chuva and they have been saying um, I don't know till how recently that one of the avenues of Hetairim that they rely on giving Chalv Stam, again, there's no Mashkiach on the Chalv Stam farms to remove the cows. So one of the avenues of Hetairim that they say is that um, there's cow removal. That that there's, um, that that the surgeries, I'm sorry, that the surgeries don't make the um, the cows trafe. That's the um, that's the that was the OUs, I would say, the, the most, that's what they sent out. And then they also spoke a statistical thing, which I would like to discuss later, but they were talking, they basically said that there are pies can they hold the surgeries on mega trafe and one can rely on them. So I just want to talk about this a little bit um, because uh, when I was a younger man in, in uh, I still am a younger man, but when I was young, five years ago, when I was just starting out in Kyle, I started learning trafes. And um, I wanted to run through this issue because I heard about the Shaiwa. I heard that very, very many people were were very upset about the Heterim that were advanced here. And I know a lot of very hush of people who told me that nobody should rely on the Heterim that the surgeries don't make a trade. I don't want to say names here, but very prominent, well-known people. And then since I've been looking into it even more, because it seems that a lot of the heterim on the surgeries are either based on some factual mistakes or based on very, very fringe opinions of Paiskim that nobody should rely on unless they have to. So there's a very, there's a very strong attitude of Rabbanim. There's one of the Rabbanim in Lakewood is, is uh, 
is, has told many of his followers that uh, his Talmidim and people ask him that uh, since the surgery's question is so chamer, he said to rewind Rabbi Belsky's hatshuva is only if somebody needs it for let's say baby formula they need a certain thing but of course nobody should rewind it for uh, eating hagendas and the such or yogurts that are half stam when they don't have to. So in the hospital, somebody needs to insure or different Chalstam products, then they could rely on it, but not, not unless it's necessary. So I want to talk in the question because, again, we know so many people rely on Rav Moshe. And I'm not here to tell people to rely on Rav Moshe or not to. That's everybody's minog and their rough. But there are many people that rely on Rav Moshe. Many people live out of town. Again, as as um, Kivalavich said, that there are people that that live in places that don't have Chalv Yisrael. Um, they, they freeze milk they freeze bottles and bottles of milk I was once by a Chabad Shurich in Knoxville, Tennessee he showed me his freezer was full of milk most people don't do that most people around America unless you live in big cities they have access like Cleveland, Chicago Detroit, Los Angeles uh, Seattle there's not Chal Yisrael and uh, many people either would have it face, many people rely on Rav Moshe and Rav Moshe's Shuva even the people who say Rav Moshe never meant it for people in Brooklyn there are more. Rav Moshe meant it for people out of town. So Rav Moshe definitely was told people they could be makeo. Ramanus, maybe I missed it, but maybe you could explain why, since this is a very common procedure for cows, and we know that the Chol of Yisrael dairies don't own the farms; they just rent out the the area and bring in their mashkichim. How do we know that the Chol of Yisrael isn't from these cows as well? So I'll tell you the honest truth. That's a very good question. I'm happy you asked it because I didn't want to bring this up because I was recently on a podcast. I went on this Farm Chatter podcast by Nachi Weinstein. Yes, yes. Had a lot of reviews. And then I went on another one now um, from, from I'm going to, hopefully will be sent out some from Rav uh, Chaim Schwartz of Queens. And I spoke about this topic and I'm afraid a little bit I said something that may get some people upset. So I'm going to, I'll take the, the liberty here just to okay, clarify. Well, what I, 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 I want you to know that our platform is extremely broad and wide and you don't have to be scared about yeah, anything. Yeah, we love getting said. upset. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you the honest truth because this Chalvi Stroll issue is something that is, I think people pay more for Chalvi Stroll for two reasons, for Chalvi Stroll and for this issue. I know people who drink Chalvi Stroll because of the, only the Trafus issue. So it would be very important to know what they're actually doing. You know, we want hey, transparency look, look, for everybody. Look, look, look. The, the dairies are the same dairies. There aren't – there is yes. – some. okay, so I do know that I got a note right before this podcast that the White Lake Creamery is Batachlis Sahidur, the one up in – Where's White Lake? Oh, oh, what's the name? I know him. Um, he emailed me, Rabbi um, – his name is um, – Rabbi Fishbane. Rabbi Fishbane? Oh, I don't know. I don't know who it is. Okay, I thought it was somebody else. Somebody else emailed me. Well, Rabbi Fishbane is the Altayid that's the rub over there, but... Um, no, no, the one who owns a farm emailed me after my podcast. He wanted to discuss my... The Bethel my, uh, Creamery. It's called the Bethel, Bethel. Creamery. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's the person. Yes, okay. yes. So the Bethel so, so, Creamery in, in White Lake. Um, so I guess they make sure the cows they get, they yes, know have not yes. been Yes, so I want to discuss it. I want to discuss this. So again... There's a concept of Eid Echanam Bistur. If a Yid tells you that there's no cows that are trained on the farm, you can rely on him. That's a beautiful, strong halacha that nobody doubts. Um, the only issue is that Chal Yisrael don't own the farms. They're not, not owned by Jews. Of right. Not. So they go and they do runs. They do runs. And I want to just start off by saying that when I spoke to Rabbi David Feinstein about the Shiloh, I presented my information to Rabbi David Feinstein. I presented my information to Rabbi David Feinstein, um, but he, I only spoke to him once. I only spoke to Abdullah Feinstein once about it, but 
my sefer, I was able to get a letter from a Baruch Moskowitz, who's his talmud, right, who presented. Yeah, and he and he and he and he and he presented my information to Rab David, but um, he Rab David had told me he said he he was very curt about the Shaila. He did not seem to enjoy being asked this question because he was asked it very much and he felt people were trying to attack off Stam. So when I asked him, he didn't know me, but I asked him, he said, Eh, Chal Yisrael has the same issue. Like, that's what he said. And he told other people that I know also. So I just want to explain what he means and explain what the Chal Yisrael claims that they're doing. And that's not the purpose of the year. I just want to give the Hamaynam. This is maybe something well, that maybe we'll get into thing. hot water. Oh, oh, don't, worry. don't worry. Don't worry. I'm about okay it. with that. I'm I hope it's... I, 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 the more people we can spread the year to, the better and enjoy <laughs> the hot water because... You know, look, you want to spend your day in cold water. Cold water is... is They're among friends. This is nothing compared to some of the stuff the rabbi says. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What I I want you... I just want to... If you could just clarify, because, you know, I had to leave for a minute, so maybe I missed it. The, The... And maybe, you know, Ben, you know, Benny, maybe you know as well. What's the purpose? Again, we know that the gases build up, but is the cat is is this just a a, a utilitarian operation? A cow without obviously the why did they why is there such a beta to do these operations? The L um, the LDA. Why is there such a why do they do the operation? Why is it so important? Because, because milk production goes down. I mean, I heard a share from Rabbi Machshir on Waco last night who said that the cows die within twenty four hours. He doesn't know the topic. It's not they don't die in twenty four hours. They die eventually. They don't die right away. They there's called cow depression. They produce less milk, and eventually it can lead to other tsaras. It's not so. So it, look at this incredible um, paradox. If it has this movement of the of the abyssinium in, in the wrong place, the cow is 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 will produce oh, less milk. Very good. I did no, say that. Okay. It's, it's not the actual disease does not make the cow trafe. Trafe. The and disease doesn't make a trafe, but the operation to correct yes. it because of the chetach makes I'm so it a happy you, you I'm so happy you mentioned that. That's a very important point. It the disease will let's say kill it within a week. And we know trephas die within a year, so it could technically qualify as a trephas, but that's not true. A cow with so, a disease that surgery we, because we have a the disease of the LDA will kill the cow, but it's not from the yudches trephas that are nimna by chazal. Excellent. That's exactly yes. That's it. That's it. I want that should be clear to the listeners. The the disease itself, if you have a farm with one hundred percent cows with the disease, they are still one hundred percent kosher. Now you want to know why? I'll say just one thing now for the listeners. Rav Moshe says nishtana teva. Um, the the trephas go by what was Bismarck of the Mishnah and the Gemara. And Ramesha says, even though the cows that get the surgery are going to live for 12 months, they live for three years afterwards, so they're not going to die. How could it be a trephas? Ramesha says it would have killed it in the times of the Gemara, and that's what we go by. And he says that this disease that we have now wouldn't kill Bismarck the Gemara. Ramesha is not talking specifically about this disease, but he says any disease that kills it now, that Chazal didn't say kills it, would not have killed it Bismarck Chazal. And any disease which we see now is not killing it, it changed the, the Shana Teva, things change, the material yeah, changes. It, right. Let, let me just elaborate just a little bit on that. And again, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but we know there's a machlekas whether Trefa Chaya or Trefa Enachaya. So we already have in Chazal a Shita that says Trefa Chaya, right? So what does that mean? Isn't that Tarta de Sastre? It's Trefa, but it lives. So you see that the shame trefa is what we're talking about. An animal that dies as a Trefa, that's the point. An animal that dies in the state of being a Trefa. Is an animal that you can't eat. You can't eat, even if right, it's, right. even 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 if it's shechted properly. Um, right. Whereas 
<laughs> so because you see a treifa chaya according to one shita, right? So if the treifa can live, it's a raya that the shame treif is what we're talking about. So here you have the paradox where you have something which isn't going to live because of another reason, but doesn't have the shame treifa. Does that help? Right. Right, right, yes, yes. The, the trefechaya actually, Taisa says, there's, even if you're trefechaya, the animals eventually die. They're not healthy. But the point is for sure true. Trefas are based on what Hazal told us. If somebody, if an animal has way away no cancer, it's not a trefa. You know, that's just not how it is. That's just what it is. It's, it, it goes by what Hazal told us. And the issue is that so many things Hazal told us that the animals die, don't. Rav Moshe writes in the Chuva. All the operations we perform on people on the stomachs are doing trephas, and trephas are by people also. Ramesha says people live. So Ramesha says that, of course, the teva changed, and the Rambam, he brings a Rambam, and he wants to say that we go by what it, what it killed is man chazal, and whatever, even though nowadays, let's say, well, when cancer kills a cow, but it doesn't kill, it won't kill the man chazal. And he said that, and that nowadays, the LDA, right, the LDA we know kills a cow, doesn't make a difference. That's what Ramesha points out. So I just want to get back to the Chalvi straw. Right, okay, yeah, right. So why is yeah. it, again, so why is it that the, the kosher, the, you know, this has been a big boon for Klein's ice cream, Yeah, so so I actually spoke to, I didn't get information on this till after my podcast, so I didn't mention the first one, but I, I spoke to two people that are in the industry and they told me two two things, not really contradictory, but it's important to know. I didn't get details on which Chalvi Strolls are like this and that, but I, I just think it's important for everybody to know. Um, I'm going to present Itzad to permit the milk later, and some of the information came from non-Jews. So there were people that were not happy with it. The Rav Park, who is a well-known Rav Machshir, told me that you cannot rely on Goyim giving you information. So I basically got information, which I'll present in a few minutes, from Goyim, and they got it from their computers. And this Rav Amaksha said that, oh, a guy is not Naman from his computer. So whatever. He said, that, I don't trust your information. So then I asked him, and when you go to the farm, how do you remove the cows? So he said, I look at the guy's computer. He, I see the history of which cows had surgery, and I remove them. So I said, why is his computer, <laughs> what's the difference between me and you? We're in the same boat, Right. The question is, how do they remove cows from? Yeah, because there's a mirsas. I mean, you could say when he comes, when Eckstein or whoever is comes over there to the to, to up to the farm, so there's a shtickle mirsas. Even though, like you know, because the guy knows that he can check it again, right? In other words, or right. Saying, so maybe, so so again, so may, so there are maybe how In other reasons. words, there's there's mirsas when the Rava Maksher comes and wants to check the you know and the, and what the guy's printout is and he's mamish afanart. So you could say the guy's loyosi was shocker because you can okay. you can ask him. Okay, good. Okay, that, so that that could be that. There are definitely stars that one could say. One could say it's Masih Fitumway and there's Umawa Maram Nasa and there's fear of a contract and Pesha Asr. We could give Svars, and there are Svars. But unless you're going down and feeling the size of each cow to see the scars, it doesn't they're relying to an extent on non-Jews. And that isn't a questionable thing. It may be mutter, like you said, you give a very nice svar here, and that's one of the svars they rely on. But we have to just realize that the Chavisra don't own the farm. They don't have this tracking thing on themselves. They're relying on the non-Jews tracking system. The Goyim have ear tags on each cow, and then they put history of surgeries. Let's say a guy forgot to put the history of the surgery, or let's say a guy was not, they were not meticulous, so then you'd only figure it out if you walked up and down to each cow and felt the flank to see if that surgery. Do you have to do that? Maybe you don't have to do that, but to say it's not a question, and it doesn't need to be something that should be looked into. So one no, person no, told I, me... All, he, I, all I was saying, Achille Manus, was the difference between 
you know, to answer this Rav Amachshir. Believe me, I'm... Yes, yes, no. I'm no, just trying no, to no, say, I when think... he comes... When you're going to get information from them, and they know that this is Latayelis, possibly of them, so then you can maybe be docha that it wasn't Masiyach Lefitumo, because they knew that you were an investigator about that. That would be the Svarat to be Machalik. Mashenke, right. when he goes up there, and he's on there, and they realize you, they would lose their... Um, they would lose their franchise with True. him. So that's where you True. have a Mirsas that you have to, you could believe them. Yes, yes, yes. I agree with that. I'm just saying it, it, it just needs to be, it's not as, it's not an automatic. People shouldn't think it just because they, it, it's a it's a big work. The Mashkichim, there is something, a big job that's done. And a, a, a Nanju told me that that's why it costs more money because of the herd removal. I'm saying it's a big process and it's something that should be, um, I asked a big Hasid Shorab and he told me he doesn't even know what they're relying on with the relying the guy. He wants to look into it. Now I'm not saying, they're big rabban and they're machsher, and they have methods. And uh, somebody, one one person told me this week that he feels each and every cow every time he does a run. It's hard to believe it, but uh, he said it, so I believe it. That that would be very nice. But another person, but he told me I know this other rabban machsher that solely just checks the computers. Speak up, uh, Alicia. You had a point. Oh. Yeah, just question. I know Rav Shachter tries not to drink milk. Um, is that is that really the anhaga for Baal Nefesh? Would Rabbi Moshe or whoever would say Baal Nefesh based on these fakers that are very, very, I mean, there's Hefs and Maruba's fakers for companies, but for us personally, should a Baal Nefesh be machmer on themselves, not for their family? But I'm saying, should someone avoid milk, even whatever milk? Should you avoid milk products? Right. So so I was asked this after the podcast on Sfarm Chatter. I, was, I got like a lot of emails. Most of them were about Rav Herschel Schachter's issue. So I just want to say here um, what it is. If Herschel Schachter's issue is about all milk all over the world, even Chal Yisrael, right. because cows, after they're slaughtered, have a lot of trephas. So um, I'm not dealing with that. Again, I'm dealing with Chal milk only in America. The reason why I'm not dealing with Herschel Schachter's issue is because, first of all, I didn't look into that issue. That um, issue, I, I didn't look into that sugya necessarily, but Ian, I wanted a little bit, but not much. And the consensus of Paiskim, I would say 99.9% of Paiskim was not to be Machmer for many, many reasons. Um, all across the gamut, you have uh, all Hasidic Shorabanam think it's not a problem. Then you have Rabbi Yashif was very adamant that he was wrong. Rabbi Belsky, Rabbi Bleich, Rabbi Dalmna, Hamid Goldberg. Oh, understood, but I'm saying yeah. from you, what you're saying, should we be Machmer not to have dairy? No, because no. So so that's what I want to say. I want to explain why I think I think it's the Cholstam is Mutter, even though even though the thing. That's So, so I'm going to go with that now. So so Chalvi Strahl, they have cow removal. That's what the Rabbanim say. They're reliable people and they have their svars. I'm just saying it's something that's interesting to think about. People should just know. It's not as simple as it sounds. You still have to rely on non-Jews. They have to check the histories of the computer. Who says they entered it right? Right? Who says they entered it right? Maybe they're svars, but it's still svars. You know, it's still something. They're not having a person there 24-7. And uh, that's that issue. So I just want to discuss what I did for what I think is the correct approach to the Shiloh. Because when it was Nagaya for me, the Shaiwa, after I went Trefus, so I wasn't feeling comfortable relying on the Hatarim. Um, especially baby formula. My my son, um, it was Nagaya for my son's baby formula. Um, so at the time I was looking into the Shaiwa and I got it came across a whole different angle to the Shaiwa, which which um my safer has one part of it. And uh, I just think it's it's uh, what's relevant to Lamaisa. Again, if you have a cow in front of you that underwent surgery, that's the Machlaikis Rabbi Belsky said would be okay. And Reb, let's say, um, Rav Chaim Kohn says it's not okay. Or Rav Mendel Zilber says it's not okay, right? That would be if we're dealing with a cow in your backyard. But we're dealing with American milk. 
people have to realize how American milk works. It doesn't work the way people think it is. That it just goes from a farm to people's houses. Um, and I just want to explain something that before I do this, the 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 whole premise of the Shiloh. We're talking about the left displaced abomasum. Now the disease doesn't happen by by chance. If you look in the literature and the, the medical books and speaking with veterinarians, professors, and farmers, it happens in nine, more than 90% of the time at one stage of the cow, so cow's life. It happens by transition stage cows, cows that are going from giving milk, from not giving milk, right? They're dry to giving milk. Cow gives, gives birth, starts lactating. Now, when it gives birth, um, it needs to eat more food to keep up with the cow, to, to produce, be able to produce milk. So there's a tremendous stress on the cow and it causes a lot of health issues. This is just what everybody, this is the facts. So they're transition stage cows transitioning from not giving milk to giving milk. So they start easing it into food and then it gives birth and then it, they try to bring up its calorie intake slowly. Those transition days, which are before birth and after birth, those 60 days are when a cow is misooken, some liable to, to get this uh, disease. So the farmers are very meticulous at that point to carefully take care of the cows, not to give them stress, to feed them special things, to make sure they're, they're being milked properly, whatever it is. That's what they do. So I, as through my research, I was contacting farms. I was able to contact over, over 350 farms. And what was coming out was clear was that there was an assumption made by Rabbanim here that does not seem to be necessarily accurate across America. So when the Shiloh came up, Rabbanim were on Chalvi straw farms. They saw what was going on there, and they said that we see there are treifas. Now, the question is, even if a cow is treif, the Ramah says, I mean, it's based on Hawach of if you have 60 cows that are kosher against the one treif cow, so then it's kosher, right? If the milk tank is filled with 60 kosher cows milk and one treif cows milk, the milk is kosher. It's batal bishishim. It's nullified. So what happened here? Why don't, why don't the Chalvi straw farms permit the milk in 1994 based on this? So the answer is that it was much higher than, than Shishim. It was higher than 1 in 60. 1 in 60 is 1.6%. They had higher numbers. They had 3%, 4%, 5% of cows that had operations on them. And because of that, they had to permit it. The way to permit it was only through talking about the surgeries. They were not dealing with it, the cow's milk that was trafed was maybe bottle Bashishim. Now, coming back to our show in America, if you want to ask for milk in America, you have to make a few assumptions. The main one, which is a very big power and a very big, uh, it would be a very big stretch to say it, is to assume every farm in America has above 1.6%. And every farm in America, when they have sick cows, do surgery. Because again, the disease doesn't make the cow trafe. So if you want to ask for Chalstam, you're going to have to say that every farm in America has trafus, has the disease above 1.6%, because under 1.6% is bottle. And you have to say that all those that have it get surgery and make a trip. And that's just a tremendous assumption here that did not pan out when I did my research. And I just want to say what I saw, I got a lot of responses and I got so much different information. There were farms that told me they had high percentage, they had four to 5%, but they said that they were, they were um, financially well off and they sold the cows. They never even dealt with surgery. They said, surgery is a pain in the neck. I have to call a vet. I'd rather invest and knew, like, you know, when you lease a car, you don't want to be busy with repairs of the transmission and the brakes. You just lease a car. So there were farms that just sold the cows. No problem at all. Then there were farms that went out, had very big tsars because he's, one of them told me recently, he said Trump, uh, President Trump's um, tariffs on Canada, Canada with the dairy. I don't know if people were following that, but I was at the time. 
Trump was taxing the dairy. Canada, basically, another unfair rule to Americans. Canada was sending, um, he was able to send milk into America without a problem, but American milk that went in was tariffed at a crazy number. So Trump wanted to level the playing field to make it fair. And he, he, there was something he signed and it knocked out a lot of farmers because Canada stopped taking the milk. There was a, some farmers were happy, some were not. There was one of those uh, controversial Trump things, but um, he, he, he leveling the playing field knocked some people out of business. Now, the question is, what if a guy a guy's out of business? So he said, someone farmer told me that the tariff made it very hard for me. I had to start only doing surgeries on cows because I couldn't invest in the ones. Then another person told me, he's like, I don't even have the question at all. I prevent the issue. I make sure when they're transition stage, when they're giving birth, I make sure they have certain feed and certain stuff. A veterinarian in Vermont told me, she's like, I'm busy preventing it. She said, nobody wants to do surgery. Nobody could afford it. We're busy giving them methods that are prevented. So every farm was a different story. So out of my farms I contacted, which again, again isn't a sample, maybe it is a sample, but definitely I'm not trying to push that here now. Just want to get to the what my main point there because I don't want to lose the oil one. But my, 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 the, the sample that I had was yielding much different results than the, the Rabbanim were. The Rabbanim said, and some wrote this explicitly, there's a Rav in Bar Park, Rav Eckstein, who wrote that every single farm in America has trephus. Yep. So I wrote to him, how do you know that? Where does it say that every single farm in America has trephus? There's no, I want to have Ruch HaKadosh. I don't know how you know that every single farm in America has trephus. And other Rabbanim didn't write that explicitly, but they assumed it. I spoke to a very prominent Rav, who I don't want to say his name, who told me that every farm in America also has, which I don't know where they're getting it from. It was not stimming with my information. Um, every farm I had from my 350, uh, 380 farms, 170 sold the cows or did or prevented it. Now, even if we assume that some of them were lying, all 170 weren't lying. I had detailed emails explaining them in me the exact methods that they were doing. Then I had farmers yeah, told me that they have the. They sell them to whom? Uh, they sell them for slaughter. That's a good for question. Meat. Yeah, they sell them for meat. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, no, 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 because it is a good question. I don't know who Ben is, but it's a good question because. Okay, so let me tell Ben is Rabbi Bleich's son in law. Oh. So. Rabbi Summerfield. <laughs> so, 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 so some of them, very small percent are sold, sold to, to, to other dairy farms, but most of them are, are, are sold to, to Shrita. Um, it's called beef trucks. That's what, um, that's what they, uh, they go, they call, they're called beef cows. Somebody told me they're called 911 cows. They're put onto a truck and shipped straight to the thing. Sometimes they even do surgery. So the cows should stay alive till they get slaughtered actually, but many of them are sold to Shrita. And, um, and uh, so and a lot of them have prevented the methods. I, I spoke to a, a few professors who told me that, that um, the, the method, they were explaining to me the different methods. I could say they have TMR, certain uh, ration, TMR rations, and they're busy with um, special corrals and they do, they milk the cows three times instead of four times, uh, three times instead of two times, twice to make sure that they, that they relieve the milk and they have less stress because the stress is one of the issues of this thing of, that causes the disease. And then there was another person who was a very interesting point. Um, I, I'm not going to say his name, uh, from, from Cornell University. Um, he told me he was actually busy with the Rabbanim on the Shiloh in the 90s and he was busy with an artistrol. They actually asked him to come down once to um, supervise something about this issue. He told me another point, which is very relevant for the Shaiwa, and I'm going to explain all this in one second, why this affects Awaha, in my opinion. 
um, he told me that large farms in America, um, large farms in America, he said large farms in New York actually have well below two percent, the ones that he knows. So he and he told me, and then I was trying to corroborate that. So there, there, there seems to be large farms are they're very well financially off, and they have amazing systems. There's something called boluses. They put the they put like a tracker in the body, and it tracks the temperature. And then they could see when anything's off. There's like the large farms have nutritionists. They have people that are being mefakeh to make sure that the cows don't get sick. So these, that's another thing that was. And, and I could say I contacted out of my 380 farms, 60 of them were large. Most of them had a very low percentage of the disease, according to what they told me. And um, they, they explained to me their methods. I had very long, detailed emails explaining to me what they do. Some of them did have trephus. I have a farm that was, I know, in North Dakota that had 5,000 cows. He told me he does a toggle method. He had 1.8%. He sent me his records, um, which is above Shishim. And then I, I, it was all a different mix. Now, that's what I'm trying to say. To assume Isser here, we have to assume that everything is the same. All farms have above Shishim and all farms do surgery. Once one of those fall out, the whole table falls down. If you say farms have above Shishim, they have 6% of, of the disease, but they don't do surgery. So then it's good to go. The surgery is not trafe. If you say farms have, if you say farms have, uh, they, don't do sur- they don't do surgery, right? And if you say farms don't do surgery at all, if you say, I'm sorry, if you don't say that they have surgery cows, but they have under 1.6%, so it's about the position. So that was, that's what I want to say. There are a lot of farms that have these, there are, there are a lot of farms that have different um, approaches. My friend, I just became friendly, I should say, with Ema Shkiach, in in um, the Massachusetts area, and he told me he's been on three farms in the last couple of months that do not do surgery at all. He said he does the cow removal, he does with the whatever, he does the chavzar. He said he didn't have to do any cow removal. He said because they do the roll, which means they just roll the cow on its back and they roll the abomasum back into place. It's not important for here. I don't know why they do it. It seems to have a fifteen percent. According to everybody I spoke to, it's a very not um, successful approach to dealing with it, but I guess I'm I'm seeing in Brooklyn. I don't know what it is. He said that those three farms either um, got rid of the cows or did the row and tuck, which means they just rolled it and got it back into place. So he said they weren't even doing surgery. So I just corroborated that with that. And then somebody emailed me today from the Star K. Today he heard my podcast and he said that uh, he just got information from from another farm that he knows on that he works on that they they all only sell cows and they've always been selling cows. So. Just the point is that ain't derech achas ba'aretz. Kedei lesser to ask the milk, you have to say derech achas ba'aretz. And I'm just being the cynic here. I'm being skeptical. I'm just saying not everything's the same. Everybody, every farmer has different reasons. Every farmer has different chachboynas. Some farmers think that they should invest $300 in the cow. And other farmers are like, why would I put money into the old cow? The cows that usually get the disease, I should point out, are older lactating cows. Usually, it increases by age. Cows usually live to five. They start giving milk at two. That means they have three cycles of lactating. Usually happens in the second or the third. Um, the reports I've seen say second is more than double the first, and the third is more than double the second, or something like that. So the older cow is meaning, why would they invest in the surgery? The cow's going out anyways. The five, they die, or five, they're sold. So they sell the cow. That's a very shift. The thing people have told me for years, a professor in Utah told me that, 25% of the farms he's been on, he's been on, he's been on 25% of the farms in Utah. Nobody's done, nobody's done, uh, nobody's done any. Uh, Would you say there's a chazaka more likely that there's nothing wrong with uh, the cows? I mean, there's, why, why aren't we just relying that most cows are not a problem? So what, oh, so I'll tell you what, that's a good, that's, that's a very good, that's a very good question. So, so 
the problem here is that um, there, the Rabbanim addressed this in the thing, in the Shaiwa. If we would be talking about every barrel of milk would come from one cow, so then you could say, let's say, called the parsh Meruba parsh, but the milk on a farm gets mixed into a tank. So it's a Taruvis Shaiwa, and you have to deal with the tank's status. So to ask that's another point that has to be dealt with here. The Goyim, the Goyim, um, Armavatovat, some say the Mavatov for the Jews. That's another question. That's a, uh, um, in my safer, I dealt with it shortly and at a part with it. But uh, I'll tell you why I didn't deal with it at length because what I was uh, suggesting as an approach for Hector, based on what I just said, is like this milk, where we buy in the store, you go to the store, if you buy Kholstam, obviously, if you live in Brooklyn, you don't need to. We have the Vash in my fridge. But if you go, if you live anywhere, you buy a, a bottle of milk. So I gave this muscle on, I just gave it on this podcast. I'll say it again here. There's a company here called Farmland. There's a company that's sold here, Roland Deary. Roland Deary. They don't have farms. It's a guy in Long Island. He pays to package milk under their own name. You know, Target doesn't really have plants. They just, they run, a, you know, they do, I think, a private run and they put their own labels on. I, I actually went onto the milk's website. I could do a private label if I pay enough money. I could put my picture on it. They just, whatever, you could just, they, Process the milk and then whatever you want to label it with. So this Roland Deary gets their milk from a place, um, Clover Farms. Clover Farms is in Pennsylvania. The last I checked, they had 170 farmers in Pennsylvania and New York, Western New York, that were supplying to it. And I tried contacting them to find out where they get their milk from, and they didn't even answer my email. Now, I did this with a few places. Another one is, let's just go Guida's Milk. It's, it's, it's in the stores also. I've seen it. It's been processed in Connecticut, and it comes to New York, in New Britain, Connecticut. Guida is owned by DFA. DFA is Dairy Farmers of America. I don't know if people heard of it, but it's the largest co-op in America for dairy farms. Now, D- DFA, uh, what is DF- What is a co-op? A farmers, they don't sell the milk to you. They sell the milk to a guy, to the co-op, to this company, and the co-op sends the milk to wherever it needs to go around America. So Dairy Farmers of America... Um, Dairy Farmers of America, um, let's say, picks up the milk and they send it to, to Guida's. Now, Dairy Farmers of America has over 350 farms in New York and 350 farms in Pennsylvania. My cheshboy in the start that they have close to 1,000 farms in New York that are members, but I couldn't get that from them. They would not tell me. They don't say anything. That's what people don't realize here. To be Mavar or something, nobody says anything. Everybody's afraid of a lawsuit. I couldn't get I, the information I got was I had to do backwards information on, let's say, getting the numbers of farms through like uh, checking things. I, I was able to be aware that there's at least 350 farms in New York that belong to DFA. It's probably more because it just says 350 plus. It's probably more in the 800 range. Now, those 350 farms all have the potential to send milk to this plant in Connecticut, right? They're part of DFA. DFA sends milk to the plant. Breakstone butter, everybody knows Breakstone butter, the famous Breakstone butter. They're owned by DFA. DFA supplies the milk. Now, DFA has currently, I think, 7,500 farms in America that are part of them. Email DFA, I think I did so from six different email accounts and 400 times. They don't care about you. They don't answer you. Now, DFA, I was matzliach from my 380 farms to contact about 15 farms across America that are part of DFA. Now, from those 15 farms, I think five were Traif Gummer and 10 were Kasher Gummer. Now, where's my Breakstone butter coming from? Do I know? I have no idea. You call Breakstone, they won't even answer your email. They won't tell you where the butter came from, which farm. So... The question is, why would I? Ha- what am I misupping now? My, the milk and my breakstone butter came from those ten farms. Now I'm just saying ten because I only know fifteen DFA farms. My butter could come from the ten kosher farms or from the five tray farms. 
So we're dealing here with, let's deal with something I forgot to mention. I always forget to mention this. The Isser here at most, everybody agrees except for, everybody agrees except for Amnasha Kohen and the Tshuva, which nobody agrees with what he said. Everybody agrees the Shiloh in our case is a Shiloh of an Isser the Rabbanan because on every farm, the milk is Beltel Bashisha. Yeah. Beltel Baroyev. I'm sorry, Beltel Baroyev. There's for sure 51% kosher milk. Nobody, no farm. If any farm has 51% of casual surgery in it, they go out of business. They would be closed. No, they can't. It'll be closed, yeah. A guy told me when it's up to 10%, then they shut down already. Then, then, it's, then they can't handle right. their cows. Right. So the milk is at most an Issa de Rabbanon. Which right? is explained because, because it's min beminoi, so there yeah, is no yeah. tom. So in other words, yeah, just I'm for sorry. the people who, who aren't as familiar as you, Manus, that because it's milk and milk, so therefore the it's min beminoi, so roiv midaraisa, if you have rove of the kosher milk, would be it would be fine. The rabbanon or machmir that we treat min bimino like a like a noisain tam that it has to be sixty times more. Yes. So that itself exactly. is only a chumrah. The rabbanon in kashrus. Yes. It's a chumrah, yes. It's so a, right. Exactly. It's a chumrah. So we we need if if a cow if a farm has ten percent of cows that are operated on in its tank, so the milk is treif, but only min the rabbanon, even though the tra- treif of milk is lechayra aster min deraisa, but it's bato in the in the tank by the ninety the ninety in the other ninety percent. But you still can't drink it because you need you need we need it to be under one point six percent. Again, for deraisa, under fifty percent is kosher. The rabbanon has to be under one point six percent. So we're talking about the iser rabbanon. Now it's not a vada iser. The threshold by the rabbanons is higher. It has to be a vada iser. How could anybody tell me that the breakstone butter I have is a vada iser? Maybe it came from those ten farms. Yeah. So it's a suffix the rabbanon. That's what the my approach in the sefer is that that since milk is not traceable. Which somebody well, somebody's been arguing with me. Basically, you're doing Lakula, Safik Rabban and Lakula. I mean, that's Safik Rabban Lakula. Yes, yes, Safik okay. Rabban Now, I just want to say one point on that. So, my safer's hector is so the first half of my safer is dealing with the surgeries because at one point I was trying to put out a safer to tell people to start being machmer on this because they should know that it's a chamer de kashaiwa and that tayrim are not as simple as they sound. So, that's the surgery part. That's the first 175 pages. But the 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 next, um, the second half of the safer is on this Matthias, which I think the cows are, even if you assume they're 100% trafe, which in my opinion they are, I'm not arguing about Belsky, I'm just saying my opinion from the sugya, I still think the milk is 100% kosher because it's other considerations that should be taken into account. And um, the question just remains, and I just want to say this because I've been getting a little pushback, good pushback that I like on this. Um, um, I wrote the last chapter about buying milk, meaning if you hold Cholvstam, is the same as Chal Yisrael from Chal Akav. Meaning, if you don't, if you eat Chal you don't care about Chal Yisrael, you think it's the same. Let's just assume for that person, Joe. Now, should he be buying Chal Yisrael, which definitely removed the cows, versus Chal which I'm telling you is only without Suffolk? So I wrote in the back why I think it's not a problem. It's the, they're the same kosher. A Suffolk Rabbanon means it's 100% kosher, as though as as um as a, a Vada Hetter. That's why I wrote the last chapter, the last seminar my. Yeah, yeah, that's what the last the last chelak I'm gonna say for uh, say for uh, is about that. But what people are saying, I got this from a few rabbanim, a rabban Wakewood I spoke to Matzah Shabbos and the rabban in in in, uh, in in Chicago on the CRC, and one of my good friends, Rav Yerachmiel Falk from BMG, um, he's a very big tamachacham, and he's been helping me throughout this whole thing, a lot of different, a lot of advice and different stuff. So he's been telling me from the first time he spoke to me, he says your safer should be saying. That it, he told me this 18 months ago. The safer should be saying that it should be mutter. It's called the parsh, meruba parsh. I don't want to get into that here, but he thinks it should be even more mutter, and that it's for sure mutter to buy it in the store when you're dealing with the shaila. 
he says basically the Rabbanu are upset at me that based on my Matthias, it should be even more it should even be more yeah. even more mutter mitzad the trefer shaila that you should say called the parish. I have questions on that, but I think for sure, and that's what I presented in my safer. Um, I hinted to their approach in my safer because people were already telling it to me then, and I heard about it, so I was maramis to it. But my safer maybe is just, approach, maybe just let's just explain again why yeah, it's called the parish. No, no, look for people to understand because once it's been delivered to the store, so now this you're even though you're going to the store to get it, but the guy who owns that store has has been lokeachit, right? So therefore, yeah. he, in other words, you are saying suffix. So suffix the rabbanon is fifty fifty. Suffix the rabbanon lakula. So people could say wait. But you're saying you have the rove as well yes, because you're going. Rove. You're not going. You're, you're going. You're going to the store. The guy who owns the store has already taken it from the rove, and therefore it's been perish from the rove, right? And that's why you're right. Saying- that's exactly. So the reason why I didn't push this in is because um, I, I just want to point out that I have a stamp of 380 farms. When I did my survey, there were 40,000 40, farms in America. Now there's about 30,000. There are still. 29,000 farms that I didn't have information from. So to say called the parish, you have to assume that they are, the majority are permitted because called the parish, we say whatever separated is from the majority. Now, how could I say that that's the majority? So that's what my reservation was. But people have been telling me that since we don't know the other farms information, we could assume they're becheskas kashras, especially now that there are other approaches how to do this with this thing. That's what the Rabbanim tell me. I don't want to deal with this thing, but the Rabbanim had told me that if you drink milk and you don't care about Rav Heshel Shachter's issue, so then that heter, whatever had to use for Rav Heshel Shachter's issue, could be applied 100% to this issue based on my Matthias and make it with Hatchiwa. So that's just another point that I would like to actually develop in my, hopefully my Madura Shnia of the Sefer, um, called the Parish. But uh, that's basically what I think the thing is. And again, everybody should do what they do. Some people argue on Ramosha. That's not what I'm doing here. Everybody should continue their Messiah. I'm not telling people to be make on Chov. Which Rav Moshe held is Chol of Yisrael. I'm not coming to tell people that they should start eating Chol Stam. But it's just that the people, there are a lot of Rabbanim um, that have been saying, and there's like a well known Rav and Flappish, I've been saying for a very long time that everybody's eating Chol Stam is eating Trefus. And it's very relevant because even if you don't eat Chol Stam, you eat Chol Yisrael. Baby formula is a big Shaiwa. And people eat dairy equipment. Dairy equipment is only mutter if it's only half stam, but if dairy equipment is treif, you can't eat something cooked in a treif pot. So the right. shaila was very relevant, and people don't realize how relevant it is. And when I was going to the rabbanim and telling them, and they said it's us or it's us or it's us, or, and I said, "What do you do with baby formula?" They're blown away. They're gassed. Whoa, wow, that's a good question. I, I, baby formula people were machmer because of the shaila, but the hamayin am doesn't know. I know somebody who's a very big tamachacham who's but not to eat half stam because of the treif issue, and he was giving his kid enfamo. And I said, "What are you relying on?" This was before. So he's like, I didn't think about it. That's what he told me. He's like, I never thought about it. I never realized like I was giving him this thing. So at that point, when I thought it was Usr, I contacted Similac and I figured out that it's Belt If you say Hanan, I figured out a whole complicated statistic I have. It. I didn't print it because it's assuming the milk is tray if you could still say formula was okay. And I don't want to print that because I think the milk is 100% kosher from the tray. Even aspect. according to those days, they don't have to be machmer according to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yes. If you if you eat if you eat chov stam, what I'm trying to say is that it's chov, it's not a problem of chov trefa. If you only chov stam, you shouldn't be touching chov stam anyways. Maybe you shouldn't even be touching OUDE or formula. That's up to the person's rough. But that's I'm not talking about that. And Baruch Hashem, I got Taskamas from Rabbanim on this. And um, so I, I should also mention that if those of you that were that received our email, there's a link there not only to the to the Swarm Chatter podcast that. Uh, 
Rav Manis has uh, trumpeted here often, but there's also at the bottom, I hope you'll trumpet our podcast now, but <laughs> on the bottom of the, uh, of the, of that link, you'll see a place how you can contact Manis to purchase the safer. And yeah, if you uh, want to see also the podcast, also I deal with it like a different angle. I, I think I actually was very clear here, even as went into a lot more detail here than there, but on the we're website, more of, we're, we're more deep. This one was a more detailed show. Yeah, alchavtreifa.com, C-H-A-L-A-V-T-R-E-I-F-A-H.com. I think you can even Google Halvtreifa. I think the only thing that comes up is this. Over there is the safer, but if people want to see, um, there's the podcast link, and they could also email me. I have a short summary in English explaining this, 14 pages. Anybody who wants to see a summary in English, I'll send it to them. They can send it to whoever you they want. You send it to Rabbi Kivalevitz. He can post it on the uh, blog. Yes, I mean, yes, uh, I will. I will. Right. So, Ravmanis, you should be hoylech mechoyel ochoyel. Is there any – I'm going to stop the recording if anybody wants to ask – or, you know, I'll keep the recording on. If anybody wants to ask any questions, um, we'll see. Is, if, why well, is Rich we, after – yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Again, I just want to open up again. I don't, you know, I know there's some people here that are part of our, our some of our usual podcast listeners. So if there's anybody here that, you know, wants to ask Manda something on, on, on this, on this point, um, the, um, anybody? I'm just curious if you're going into the Roshachter issue, because I know there are a few people who are mocked like that, but he, I think he himself says he's Mahmir and not for other people to. Yeah, who, who else is Mahmir and besides for him? I don't know. No, I know you mentioned that there are other people that the worry about the Trafus issue. I just I don't know. Is that something that's a oh, real? So, so I'll tell you. No, so I'll tell you the what, what I, I only met throughout my I've been gaining contacts on this thing for the last three years when I've looked into it. There's a, a very prominent um, um in Lakewood who doesn't drink milk at all. He hasn't eaten dairy since he started shechting because of Rav Shechter's issue, and a very yeshivish person who wrote something on it. Um, but the real consensus of Paiskim is not to be mocked. Um, all the Gedele Paiskim from all stripes have said not to be mocked. So I didn't look into it because I didn't find it relevant. This, I mean, relevant. I mean, Rav Shech does mock on it. But this no, issue of Paul Stav. He's not mocked on his family, by the way. He, he right, was, he's not mocked on the family yeah. and his Talmudim. The Trefus issue, there are a lot of Rabbanim that wrote that it's a problem. Rav Nasha Kwan, Rav Chaim Kohn, Rav Yitzhak Stein, Rabbi Bleich, Rav Mendel Zobar didn't say it, Rabbi Eksting. There are a lot of Rabbanim that writes Usser. Rabbi Felder on Wakewood says it's us, or, I mean, he said to be Mahmoud. There are a lot of Rabbanim that say it's a problem. So it just was more, I say, relevant for, for, me, for my shadow. And I knew with the milk that I was eating dairy, I was anyways relying on Rabbi Yashav. And uh, Rabbi Shachter's issue, you should know, is, a, is an older issue. Rabbi David Feinstein said that uh, somebody came to him with Rabbi Shachter's issue, and he said, first he said, the cows aren't dropping dead. So then he was yeah. as a Rabbi Shachter. And he said, my father knew, Rav Moshe knew about the Shiloh, Rav David said, Rav Moshe drank milk, he said, so I don't know what people want. So that issue was dealt with Rav Moshe. For me, that's good enough. But this issue wasn't dealt with Rav Moshe. So um, I just, this, I feel like it, I, this by chance fell into my lap. I was at first going to put something out to Homer. I mean, people were actually... write an English safer on it if you expand the 15 pages. There's a lot that people would appreciate, I'm sure. <laughs> I think the English pages are shortened to the point. If you want me to send it to you, if you want to read, I think you'll, it's, it's shortened to the point and it gives... It's basically my safer. There's one parak that deals with the Matthias. That's parak Yotes. That's the English and Hebrew. I did a better job on the Hebrew because I've been working on the Hebrew and I, there's a lot more data in there. But the basic gist is in the English. And anybody who wants to see the Iker Hatter could just, they don't have to, I mean, they, the safer is good. But if they, wanna, if they want to um, get the basic gist of the Hatter, and do you, uh, do I, you I get just. Do you from any good you know, people that are posting on the safer? 
Yeah, so I got, um, I got, um, Ravnata gave me Haskama. So I'll tell you what Haskama, you define Haskama. I got a couple of Hawachic Haskamas and a couple of letters, like Mikhtavi Bracha. Oh, so, so Ravnata did, did not give me a Hawachic Of course not. Come on. Yeah, of course, Ravnata no, didn't but he, go no, if Ravnata yeah, ten yeah. years ago would have given you perhaps. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Ravnata would have been swinging on the Chal of Stam also, like right, that. Right, that right, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and and Kamnetsky also did not give me a bracha, but they gave me a bracha to print it, which is very good because there are people that tell me now I should not have printed it because it's Chal of Stam. So at least I could say that I have Rashmu Kamnetsky and I'm not the covered. You're covered. Yeah. Yeah, and then Rashmu Miller, who from Wakewood, who right. actually holds its mother because of called the Parish, Meruba Parish, which mm-hmm. I think Rashmu Miller from Toronto. Yes, I was Ooh. debating with him this thing. He told Rav Shlomo Miller told me he told he told me he agrees and he's been saying it's mother. He just didn't give me Awach Kaskama. I don't know why. Um, I actually don't know why, but it's not for now. Um, Rav Ruven Feinstein gave me Awach Kaskama, and Rav Shmuel first from Chicago gave me Awach Kaskama, and Rabbi Forsheimer wrote that even though he didn't look at the safer thirty five years ago. Um, um, a lot of Paiskin were moderate and uh, Vadia Kashras go based on it. So it sounds like he's weaning towards Hetter. Uh-huh. So that was that. And then I have from Ravelia Brudni and Rav Kalman Epstein. Um, I went by Ravelia Brudni, so he gave me a letter of uh, the Rocha, but Rav Kalman Epstein um, was very helpful throughout this whole thing. He's not my Rebbe, but I got in contact with him, provided me a lot of Aitzis and stuff for Shara He was very helpful. Uh-huh. And, interesting. Um, interesting. And Rav. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm saying meret from the glatter cup, meret from the ener from the glatter cup in the world is Kalman Epstein. Uh, yeah, Kalman Epstein is one of the, the one of the one of the straightest thinkers in learning that I've ever met. So, including Rav Nolte, yeah. including Rav yeah, yeah. He he he. Kalman told me something very. When, when one of the rabbanim was a well-known Rav and Flatbush, told me he said, he said, he said that you can't rely on your information because. I got it. It was just emails, and it's not a letter from the company. That's what this person told me. So, at first, I I have all my svaras. Why it shouldn't be? You could use svaras. It was Masechafitumai. I didn't tell them I was asking that it's for halachic reasons. I just wanted. That. I said I was doing a study for research for school, and I, all the svaras, Pasha Asr, all the svaras. So when I called Rav Kalman to tell him, he said, "I don't understand." He said, "We're they're based also on their discussions with Kaim." He said so. Either you have it, you can't have it both ways. The, the Shach says that Goyim are either not Nemon, Wahachman, Wahakos. So you can't suddenly believe them when they say Isser and then suddenly say they're not believed when they say, say Hatha. It was just a very Gwata way out of this thing. I was very like zoned into my Pesha Asr as far as. And he was just telling me, he's like, so if you're wrong, so then they're wrong too. He's like, you're in the same boat. You sink the boat, right. they're, they're with the other boat. Know. Right. And, and besides for that, besides for that, so I got, I have emails from professors. And uh, I have recording. I have people telling me. I have emails from their stationery, from their 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 edu website, their stuff. And um, I have emails back and forth with them and different stuff. It just it should be the same weight. I'm not saying maybe it isn't Amun Awacha, but if it's not Amun so then there was no um, controversy that arose. Let's just close our eyes. And on that note, before I finish, I just want to finish. I want to say one point before I go. Just say the rest of the Um I said this and. Um, I think I believe this very strongly that people who are eating chal stam and people don't want to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyways because it's the fact. If you ate chal stam your whole life, you had an advantage because in 1994, I think my head applied to because even if you want to say they were doing surgery more than and the numbers were higher than, we don't know. Nobody knows. It's a suffix. Nobody knew but vade every farm at Trifus. 
and there were much more farms and it was much harder to trace. Uh, do you have the sense that that was so? What? That the surgeries were more common then? Do you have the sense that that was so? Um, I have some sense. I have some speculation. Nobody, I spoke to somebody then. He said he does not know at all. He would guess so. But he said, I found reports from the 90s that people were saying already that they were doing... Um, they were yeah, doing they um, preventive, preventive, preventive measures yeah. in the nineties, nineteen ninety-seven already. They were doing it, so and it doesn't look like it was a chiddush. It was look like that that they trade that they realized it. So yeah. yeah, so no, it could be, it could be. I think. Do I believe? I have. I would believe that it was more common. But to say every farm had it, I don't know. And Chovy Straw at one point was a. No, I would think the best are probably the people that answer right now. Well, I, I oh, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't hear. I, I would think the veterinarians would probably have a better sense of uh, of how common it was. Veterinarians, right? So I asked one. I asked somebody who wrote a report on it, and he told me he said he would guess so. He said, but he has no. But he he doesn't have any firm he, numbers. Yeah, he has no firm numbers. He said also. He said that he even told me that his numbers were coming from a vet that did surgery. He said there were vets then that were working with nutritionists in general on on general issues. So he said he doesn't know. He said he would guess yes. He would guess yes. And one vet told me she used to do. 30 surgeries a month, and now she does one. So she was obviously doing less now. <laughs> but I don't know that... I don't Manus know has that a no gay at the vets because my daughter is like in this parsha very much. There's so much veterinarian literature. I mean, nobody's reading it except the vets. And it's you, all you got to know is how to track it down. I, mean, you, I get magazines every week, you know, from these veterinarians, and they talk about everything that they do, every right. little zach they do. So what I'm saying... Right. yeah. Is it possible that uh, just like medicine is going away from surgery and more proactive preventative, is that true in the veterinary circles? And that might be part of the reason why these surgeries are so less. So I done? definitely think so. I definitely, I, people told me that they're working on preventative measures more recently, but the, the concept didn't start now. The concepts are already in the literature from the 90s. Now, how common it was, I don't know. It was probably less common. So, Manus, I, I think the I, point I, you wanted to say that the real bomb was that you were probably better <laughs> off, again, I'll say it, you were probably better off yeah, eating Chol Stam than eating Chol yes. because yes, of the I, I, amount of dairies and all the heterium you came up yes. with. The Chol yes. stuff from Mechves Mahadran or whoever it was that was making it, J&J and Klein's, you were probably better off eating Chol Stam at that case. Yes, and, and, and I told it to a rub, a very, very big rub who does not eat Chol Stam, and he said, you are one hundred percent correct, and I've been saying this since it came up. <laughs> so it just I, I was, that was my validation, and uh, I mean whatever. I don't know. I just think it's I think it's possible that we'll never know. Nobody will ever know that it's that it's uh, that it was. Uh, and I, I and I think Baruch Hashem, we should be dancing in the streets that that Kaiser wasn't Nechshon Trefus since then and now, right? If Emma's a person, would be very happy to hear that. Right, which is which is a lot of if you read Ravelsky's Chuvas, a lot of the Natiya that Ravelsky had, and I know. You could be chaylik on a lot of his mahalach is built on wusas gevein klal yisrael wusam migatian. He was very yes. against. He was very yes. against coming up with a chidush that now lemafreya made everybody drink copepods yes. being overrides. Yes. So I don't yes. know. I'm not going to accuse Ravelsky of of having this negias, and that's going to be his his default mode. But I think that that Rabelsky in his Oilam Emmas and his Lichtigan Eden is very, very Zafridan that you have been it's Tiko as, a, as that. Be, uh, Rabbi uh, Sommerfeld, you might have another yes, uh, you might have another thought on this. I can't hear. I can't hear. Um, Rabbi Sommerfeld, I just can't hear him on the... Um, no, my my uh, reception is just not good here. Oh, okay. Um, and then just the only thing is that, uh, so then I got also just an important thing. So I got my Rosh Hashiva of Matiyafin. Um, oh, yeah. From the Valley of Flatbush, that's he gave me a, a, 
That's another like that. There's another connection between us. I was in the Beis of Kol for a number of years, and uh, yeah, uh, it, we so were in Burl. Yeah, and, and and Rabbi Sommerfeld also was a very big bakanter. He's a, a, a Navardiker. Oh, so we're all Navardikers. We're all Navardikers. We're, you know what? We, the whole world is Navardikers, even if they don't know it. But go ahead. I don't wear. I don't wear my Dragos out of them. That's the thing. I don't. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then I had the last three things. I just I think they're important to just point out that I presented this information to Rab David Feinstein. So I got a letter from a Beryl Feinstein, his son, and he wrote that Rab David held its mutter. He heard from his father its mutter. He didn't say my reasons, but Rav Baruch Moskowitz wrote that that he presented all the shy was in between Tavshinai and Zayin, Tavshinai and Tester Rav David, and Rav David said that it's Pasha will feed the Metzias. That was clarified through through the Mechaber that there's no Chashash. Rav David was very happy. At one point, Rav David told um, Rav Moskowitz to ask me why I was still sending him information if I was trying to make it mutter for my cat. That's what Rav David <laughs> asked. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Somebody just remind me. And then the last one is just Rabbi Ram Gordimer from from the OU who, who verified the Matias. Meaning, just gave me a comment that my Matias is correct because I described the dairy process and the milk thing and the different farms. So that's just covered from the Matias. So if anybody gets so, Chalav Trefa and they could see the at there they could contact me. Just easier to contact me. Chalav Trefa at um, dot com. C H A L A V Trefa T R E I F A H dot com and they could. Over there, there's like a you just fill out a form or whatever, and uh, you just I'll, I'll send anybody who wants to. Manas, maybe you know I could add you know a very birchas hediot uh, to all the michtevei brocha that you that, that you should be zocha to find new areas to conquer. Just as you, uh, just as you is right, you shouldn't just be the Tana Tuna, but you should be Zoha to actually find many, many areas to to attack with uh, the Simcha Sa'atera with your doggedness. Uh, I say that because yeah, I have a dog right here. So, with the doggedness that you that you have uh, attacking this question, you should be able, you should be zocha to be able to do this on many, many fronts, and to be to enrich Klal Yisrael with articles and svarim in, in areas that can be mayor in ayim in in bechol David Chelkei Shulchan Aruch or bechol Chedrei Atayra. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Again, you know. Yeah. So we'll see everybody. I'm gonna. We're gonna have to go. I think. So zay gesund. Uh, well for everybody and all the Blumenfruchts, well all the Blumenfruchts that are on here. Sheva Shepasach Nachas from your from Thank your you. husband. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.